0: Well, good morning. It is Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. Slava, Ukraine, Heroium Slava. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google those four words, Political Views TV Podcast, and I'll show up right at the top of the search in case I haven't told you this before. Can I just say, I really appreciate you coming every day. It's very nice of you. Thank you. Uh, If you can, please bring someone with you today or tomorrow. That would be fantastic. And you can tweet to me or X to me questions or insights or come fight with me at CyberClub, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly Twitter. I love to fight. I love to fight. You can send your enemies after me. I'll take them on. Come on, bring it on. Bring it on. During this election cycle, I I can ridicule them with the best of them. Anyway, Uh, let's start as we usually do with the war in Ukraine. Kremlin spokespuppet Dmitry Pesky-Peskov said that Putin's visit to North Korea is unlikely to take place before the presidential election in March. He said, North Korea? No, these are more promising plans— we proceed from the fact that when the schedules are agreed upon, this is a translation. The president will take advantage of this proposal. Like I said, it's a it's a translation. Hard to understand what he's trying to say. Uh, asked about the likelihood of Putin's visit to Turkey before the president's uh, presidential elections, Peskov said, "Yes." We proceed from the fact that it can take place before the elections. Now, Turkey is part of NATO. And uh, wouldn't Putin be arrested if he goes to Turkey? Huh. Uh, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky announced a new Polish defense package after meeting in Kiev with Poland Prime Minister Donald Tusk, who was making his first visit to the uh, non-EU country, future EU country, I should say, since returning to his uh, top job in December. Zelensky said, "...we appreciate such unflagging support. There is a new form of our cooperation aimed at a larger scale of arms purchases for Ukrainian needs." the Polish loan for Ukraine uh, NATO has signed a 1.1 billion euro which is like 1.2 billion dollars uh, contract for 155 millimeter artillery ammunition which uh, with part of the shells to be supplied to Ukraine, uh, NATO Secretary Jen Stoltenberg said after signing the signing ceremony, the war in Ukraine has become a battle of ammunition. Uh speaking of the battle of am- ammunition, I think the Russian side, their their shells are one, one 152 millimeter and the Americans are 155 millimeter. And there is a difference in and uh this this uh, uh, this change to Ukraine because they used to have the 152 millimeter, but they since they couldn't get it supplied from Russia, they had to change over, and and that also further weakens uh, Russians, uh, Russia's economy because everybody is moving away from Russian arms. Uh, EU's foreign policy chief Joseph Borrell has said the EU foreign ministers agreed, Uh, this is uh, at the Foreign Affairs Council, that this is not the moment to weaken our support for Ukraine. By the contrary, it is the moment to do more and faster. With financial resources, with military equipment, by training soldiers and all that, Ukraine needs to defend themselves. We will continue working to make a predictable assistance. Also, that was translated, so sometimes you have to add words to make it make sense. Russian state news agency, RIA, reported on Sunday that the country would retaliate against the West in equal measure if it confiscated Moscow's frozen assets to help Ukraine. That's at uh, $288 billion dollars that we've talked about a few times in the last few weeks. The news agency uh, uh, agency's warning came amid reports that leaders of the Group of Seven were set to discuss how to legally seize $300 billion in Russian central bank assets to fund reconstruction in Ukraine. RIA's uh, uh, Novosti's report implies the West has almost as much to lose as Russia does if Moscow retaliates. Yeah, you know what? If the West loses three hundred billion, it's no big deal compared to three hundred billion for Russia, which would be a big deal. Uh, Russia has been hitting back against suggestions that its seized assets be used to fund the rebuilding of Ukraine. The Kremlin uh, Kremlin spokespuppet, Dmitry Pesky Peskov, told reporters on de- in, uh, uh, on December 29th that uh, Russia had a list of foreign assets it would seize in retaliation if the West were to move on Russia's frozen assets. He has called the notion of seizing Russian assets outright theft. Uh, Now, there's a lot of companies that are still trying to divest from Russia, get it out before Russia can seize their assets, but the Russian government has been dragging their feet to allow uh, companies to leave and the belief is that that the state is going to seize them in the future and they don't want to. Uh, we shall see what happens. Uh, but all of this about seizing Russian assets and Russia seizing other assets is kind of funny because Russia's parliament, I mean, they're complaining about the EU seizing and NATO seizing assets, but Russia's parliament has begun considering a bill That would give the state power to seize the property of those convicted of defaming uh, defamation of security forces. The bill would allow the states to seize property of Russians who might have left the country and have criticized the war in Ukraine, but still rely on revenue from renting out their houses or whatever they do in Russia or from their businesses. Last week. Putin signed a uh, new measure directing and funding the presidential administration and the foreign ministry in searching for real estate in the Russian Federation, uh, the former Russian Empire, and the former USSR uh, proper registration of rights and legal protection of this property. Okay, you're saying, what? What? What does that mean? This shows that Russia wants to set up shaky legal bases to take countries once under their umbrella. I should remind you that would include the Baltic states, several Black Sea states, uh, including uh, um, Moldova, which isn't on the Black Sea, but it's right next to it. Uh, And, (laughs) ready for for this? And Alaska. It would include Alaska. State Department Principal Deputy Spokesperson. Uh, Vedant Patel said uh, uh, to laughter during a uh, press briefing on Monday when asked about Moscow's purported claim on Alaska, said, I speak for all of us in the U.S. government to say that certainly he is not getting it back. <laughs> Dmitry Wackadoodle Medvedev also joked about Moscow's purported claim on Alaska in a post on formerly Twitter. He said, This is it, then. We've been waiting for it to be returned any day. Now war is unavoidable. He ended it with a laughing emoji, but this is Medvedev. I would not trust him, and I'm sure he would go to war for Alaska because he's a wackadoodle. It's in his name. According to the Independent Astra Press news outlet. Uh, Russian authorities have begun installing S 300 air defense systems around St. Petersburg. The news uh, comes five days after Ukrainian drones successfully struck military targets in surrounding Leningrad Oblast. Uh, the video posted on Telegram channel of Astra Press appeared to show a vehicle carrying one of the systems, obstructing a roadway while attempting to maneuver. Which means it would be a perfect time to strike while they are setting them up. Take out those batteries. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ukraine's got to be trying to figure out a way to do that. Uh, The U.S. Central Intelligence Agency has released a Russian-language video to try to persuade Russian intelligence employees to switch sides and, I'm sure, get paid very well, and to work as double agents for Washington. CIA Director William Burns said in July that dis- disaffection among some Russians over the war in Ukraine was creating a rare opportunity to recruit spies and that the CIA was not going to let it pass. <coughs> According to the Russian Defense Ministry, Russian air defense systems have shot down 56 Ukrainian drones and a high Mars multiple launch rocket system projectile in the past 24 hours. They were destroyed over Ukraine's Russian-held regions of Luhansk and Donetsk, as well as Zaporizhia and Kherson regions. In the early hours today, Russia launched another wave of missile strikes across Ukraine. The capital of Kyiv was targeted, as well as the second-largest city of Kharkiv and several other regions. Ukraine's President uh, Vladimir Zelensky said six people have died and 73 others were injured in the latest attacks. In a statement on Telegram, Russia's defense ministry commented that in the morning, the uh, Russian armed forces delivered a group strike by high-precision, long-range air and ground-based weapons at Ukraine's military industrial complex facilities, producing missiles. ...and its parts, ammunition, and explosives. The goal of the strike has been achieved. All the assigned targets have been engaged. Asked by a reporter whether the shelling of Kiev Kiev and Kharkiv... ...could be called a response to the next shelling... ...Pesky Peskov said, "...no, we can't call it that. We continue the uh, SMO, which is Special Military Operation... ...and we don't strike civilian targets... This is what makes us different from the Kyiv regime, as they struck uh, civilian targets, many of them. They lie constantly. Uh, Ukraine's interior minister, your Klemenko, said on Telegram, Kyiv, as a result of a missile strike, several fires broke out in the capital, in the Svetoschinsky, Solomiansky, and Pertursky uh, districts, one person died. There are injured civilians. Two high-rise buildings, a private building, a, and cars were damaged. Uh, Kiev region, uh, rescuers were in uh, Bukansky district. Two high-rise buildings, a private house, farm buildings, and cars were damaged. Uh, three people were injured. In the uh, Dnipropetrovsk region, as a result of uh, the attack on Pavlograd, one person died, one was injured. In Kharkiv, the occupiers hit two high-rise buildings. According to the preliminary data, three people died and about 30 others were injured. Rescuers examined the damaged buildings, dismantled the debris. Psychologists work on the ground. Police investigators carefully record these crimes of them hitting civilian targets. Another, and he said, another terrorist attack that claimed lives and left hundreds of people homeless. This is Russia's real intentions, the daily terror of civilians. A city administrator, uh, Chief Roman Popko said, at least one person was killed in Kyiv. Mayor Vitali Klish, uh, can I buy a vow? Klishko, said nine people, including a 13-year-old boy, were wounded. The number uh, has since been raised to 20. In another attack, 13 hospitalized, according to the regional governor, Ole Senehubov. Uh, Kharkiv was hit by Russian missiles, and two people were killed, and at least 11 were injured, uh, excuse me, wounded. At least one person has been killed and another wounded in Russian missile strikes on the Dnipropetrovsk region, Pavlorod city in the so- southeastern Ukraine, which I already talked about, uh, and that's according to the State Emergency Services of Ukraine. Uh, I, I, a lot of these stories... They they get uh, told and then they get confirmed. That's what's going on here. That's why I say it twice sometimes. Uh, Serhii Lysak, head of the Dnipro Petrovis Military Administration, also confirmed the death, saying on Telegram one person has been killed in Pavlorod as of now. Another man is injured and receiving all necessary medical care at the moment. Ukraine's Air Force said it destroyed 21 out of 41 Russian missiles launched at the country's overnight in attacks that left five dead and dozens wounded, the Air Force said after Kiev, Kharkiv and central Ukraine were targeted. Uh, the Air Force said most of the missiles launched were of the types that attack along a ballistic trajectory, stating that several S-300 and S-400 anti-aircraft-guided missiles were launched from the Russian border region of Belgorod toward Kharkiv in northeast Ukraine. Ukrainian air defenses and the Air Force destroyed 15 X-101, X-555 and X-55 cruise missiles, five Iskander-M ballistic missiles, and akh 59 KH-59 guided air missile. Now that I have your attention, let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the world. I'm having a mocha this morning. I already had too much coffee, you know. <clears throat> so, um, let's stir this up. Literally, stir it up. Uh, so we talked about last week about Isra- Israel destroying culture as and, and, you know, universities as part of their campaign of ethnic cleansing. Uh, 21 Israeli soldiers were killed yesterday after explosives planted by the Israeli uh, Defense Force and two Gaza buildings detonated, oops, causing the structure to collapse. The explosion was apparently triggered by a rocket-propelled grenade attack on a nearby Israeli tank, IDF spokesperson Daniel Hagari said during a televised statement, the buildings probably exploded because of the mines that our forces laid there in preparation to demolish them and the infrastructure around. Hagari said that most of the soldiers killed in the incident were inside or close to the buildings when the mines went off. Is, I gotta ask, is there such a thing as karma? Except it, you know, it wasn't Netanyahu or Hagari in the building as it should have been when it went down. That would have been karma. Israeli forces have engaged in large-scale destruction of Gaza's infrastructure, including home and other civilian buildings, the targeting of which is a war crime, yet another war crime by Israel. Israel soldiers, Israeli soldiers, have gleefully filmed the obliteration of entire Gaza neighborhoods. Footage that South Africa played during its presentation at the International Court of Justice earlier this month, which should be making a decision soon. Netanyahu wrote earlier today, the IDF has launched an investigation into the disaster, Uh, 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 like many of the disasters that he has caused. Uh, The White House has called on Israel to protect innocent people, as Palestinian officials said the Israeli military had stormed a hospital in Gaza and placed another under siege. National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby said yesterday Israel had a right to defend itself but added we expect them to do so in accordance with international law to protect innocent people in hospitals, medical staff and patients as well as much as possible Israeli troops advanced for the first time into Gaza's Al-Mawasi district near the Mediterranean coast west of Khan Yunus there, they stormed a Al kahir hospital, uh, Khair hospital, and were arresting medical staff. The hospital is just inside the safe zone at Mawasi, where the Israeli military had said it would not carry out operations. Wait, Israel lied! Gee, what a shock! There was no word from Israel on the situation at the hospital, and the military spokesman's office had no comment. Wait. Israel didn't have a comment on why they lied and took hospital personnel hostage? Gee, what a shock! The Palestinian Red Crescent said tanks had surrounded another Khan Yunus hospital, Al-Amal headquarters of the rescue agency, which had lost contact with staff there. A spokesperson for the International Federation of the Red Cross and the Red Crescent Society said... We are deeply worried about what is happening around our hospital. Volunteers with the Red Crescent also said strikes hit four schools west of Khan Yunus, two of them inside the Mawasi safe zone, causing an unknown number of casualties. Uh, yeah, please go to the safe zone so we can bomb you and murder you. That's what Israel said. Uh, they said the organization, uh, the Red Crescent Society said the Uh, The organization's ambulances could not reach the sites Uh, because the Israeli occupation is preventing ambulances' uh, vehicles from moving to recover bodies of martyrs and the wounded from Western Khan units. Of course, they don't want them to recover bodies because they don't want to prove that they've murdered children and committed war crimes. They want to stop that proof from coming out. That's what Israel does. A sustained assault on Yemen has begun. In other words, instead of mounting a ceasefire in Gaza, Joe Biden decided to start another war without congressional approval as required by the Constitution. A joint statement from six nations explained, Today, the militaries of the United States and the United Kingdom at the direction of their per- respective governments with support from Australia, Bahrain, Canada, and the Netherlands conducted an additional round of proportionate and necessary strikes against eight Houthi targets in Yemen in response to the Houthis' continued attacks against international and commercial shipping as well as naval vessels transiting the Red Sea. According to the six countries, yesterday's attacks. Uh, specifically targeted a Houthi underground storage sites and locations associated with Houthi's missile and air surveillance capabilities. A Houthi -Houthi spokesperson, Mohammed al-Bukhadi, said yesterday, The war today is between Yemen, which is struggling to stop the crimes of genocide, and the American-British coalition to support and protect its perpetrators. Thus, every party or individual in this world is faced with two choices— that have no thirds, either to preserve its humanity and stand with Yemen or to lose it and stand with the American-British alliance. Some Biden administration officials have said it may take weeks or even months to stop Houthi attacks on Israeli-linked commerce. Or they could stop it in one day with a ceasefire in Gaza. And as we've said before, voters are taking notice ...of the continued genocide in Israel... ...and people are saying no to Biden. People are angry. Even liberals. And and you know what? They will vote to cut off their own feet. Because another four years of Trump... ...will destroy this country. Uh, Turkey's parliament is expected to approve Sweden's NATO membership bid today, clearing the biggest remaining hurdle to expanding the Western military alliance after 20 months of delays. Turkey's General Assembly, where President Tayyip Erdogan's ruling alliance holds a majority, is set to vote on the application that Sweden first made in 2022. Once Parliament has ratified the move, Erdogan would be expected to sign it into law within days, leaving Hungary as the only member state not to have approved Sweden's accession. Hungary had pledged not to be the last ally to ratify, but its parliament is in recess till around mid-February. Means that they probably will be the last. Uh, Prime Minister Viktor Orban said today he invited his Swedish counterpart to visit and negotiate his country's joining the bloc. Uh, I, I don't know why. I don't know why he's invited him. There's no reason for it except for political reasons. And to maybe negotiate getting some money from the EU. I don't know. Uh, Voting has begun in New Hampshire. Biden is not on the ticket for some ridiculous legality, but no one cares. He will likely win as a write-in candidate. Uh, It's all about Trump versus Haley. This is an open primary and likely independent voters will not go for Trump. But the Republican base, which uh, will, which will likely mean Trump will get fifty-six to sixty percent of the Republican vote. But I could be eating my words. We'll know more tomorrow. We shall see. Uh, kind of missed the uh, Senate debate in California. There was a debate between the four people running. Uh, the only Republican on stage, Steve Garvey was not spared at all as he dodged questions about voting for Trump. If you don't know, Garvey was a first baseman for the Dodgers, Steve Garvey. Uh, Katie Porter got in the best line with, Well, California, I think what they say is true. Once a Dodger, always a Dodger. As in dodging questions, even though Steve Garvey was a Dodger. He was dodging questions. Uh, Garvey refused to cave on whether he'd vote for Trump in November. Uh, It sounds to me like Katie Porter won the debate, and she really is probably the smartest person on the stage. Uh, Porter took hits over her opposition to congressional earmark spending and deftly surviving a tough middle ground position on Israel by throwing the matter back on Lee. Um, Porter said on an issue... Where Lee has tried to distinguish herself as solidly anti war. Remember, Lee was the only uh, um, congressperson to vote against going into uh, Iraq when the entire Congress and Senate, the entire House and Senate did. Uh, Ceasefire. Uh, this is what uh, Katie Porter said. She said, Ceasefire is not a magic word, you can't say it and make it so. Uh, And you know what? All I say is ceasefire is a beginning. Then you can fix a lot of problems and save maybe some lives. Uh, Adam Schiff talked about his pride as a prosecutor, taking on oil companies, and Porter called him out on it. She said, Representative Schiff may have prosecuted big oil companies before he came to Congress, but when he got to Congress, he cashed checks from companies like B.P., fossil fuel companies, and she really attacked him when she said, Honestly, Representative Schiff, I didn't realize how much dirty money you took until I was running against you. You've taken money from big oil, big pharma, cable companies. She also attacked Schiff over abortion, saying Congressman Schiff mentioned abortion on his website under his page called Adam's Accomplishments, and has... As a mother of a young daughter, I do not feel like abortion rights have been accomplished. Not in a year when millions of Americans have lost abortion access. Schiff held his own. Uh, Porter did very well, better than anyone. Lee tried to expand on her one-trick pony anti-war message. And Steve Garvey was uninformed and like a deer in headlights. I, and he's not gonna be on the ticket it's gonna be it's probably gonna be yeah I'm sure Katie Porter is gonna be one of them uh, probably is probably gonna be Schiff as the other one because he's in the lead right now uh, but I would I would go with Katie Porter still uh, because I, Lee is is I like her ideas but she's far too liberal so anything she does doesn't get done. you know what I mean uh, Katie Porter is a little bit smarter. Uh, A push by some Florida Republicans to use taxpayer money to help pay for former President Donald Trump's multiple legal battles battles quickly fell apart after Governor Ron DeSantis threatened to veto the legislation. What? DeSantis doesn't want to help his buddy that he just supported? Wow. Uh, State Senator Ileana uh, Garcia a Miami Republican who endorsed Trump's re-election, has filed a bill for this year's legislative session that could allow the state to hand out up to $5 million to Trump for his defense. I'm not kidding. These are state funds from taxpayers. If I was in Florida... I would be asking for resignations for suggesting something as stupid as that. Uh, The idea of bailing out a billionaire is really ridiculous. But that's what, of course, that's what Republicans do all the time. You know, when they get a corporation, they say, oh, why don't you come here to our state and we'll cut all your taxes. And we'll take it out on the poor by raising their taxes. That's what they do. Uh, It is still ridiculous. Uh, Garcia, late Monday night, announced she would withdraw the bill. Her move came less than two hours after DeSantis publicly posted on formerly Twitter that he did not support the measure. Texas. Yeah, they lost another one. Uh, The U.S. Supreme Court ruled that Texas officials cannot impede federal border agents from cutting down razor wire that Republican Governor Greg Abbott installed near the Rio Grande to stop migrants and asylum seekers from crossing the U.S.-Mexico border. I Remember, Republicans called it concertina wire, like it was something nice because they thought politically it sounded better than slicing migrants up with razors. Uh, The decision was five to four. Can you guess the four? Think about it. Think about it. Who was the four? (laughs) Justice Brett Kavanaugh, Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, and Samuel Alito. I mean, it was a given that it was Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, and Samuel uh, Alito, but it could have been Kavanaugh. It could have been, you know, it could have been, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, uh Amy Coney Barrett eh, you didn't know anyway uh, Texas Texas argued last month that under the Biden administration's orders border agents had damaged state property and illegally trespassed when they cut through the concertina wire in order to reach migrants who had crossed onto US soil and take them into custody for processing uh, you mean uh, you mean Republicans were blocking border control from taking people into custody Why has nobody been talking about that? The U.S. Justice Department filed an emergency request asking the Supreme Court to reverse the federal appeals court ruling. The administration said the appeals court ruling turned the U.S. Constitution's supremacy clause on its head. The clause that uh, states that federal laws uh, take precedence over statutes put in place by state governments. Anyway. Uh, Senator Bernie Sanders Representative Barbara Lee and other progressives in U.S. Congress have introduced legislation to raise taxes on corporations that pay their top executives over 50 times more than their median workers. A change that would require Walmart, Google, and other major companies to pay hundred and, and Apple, and McDonald's, and 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 uh, uh, um, oh, I, I could I could uh, rattle off a, a Fortune 500 list that you wouldn't believe. Uh, uh, other major companies to pay hundreds of millions of dollars more in taxes each year, the tax-excessive CEO pay act, which is Techpa, eh, Tech Techiopa Techiopa <laughs> act, would uh, incre- uh, incrementally hike a company's tax rate based on the size of its CEO to median worker pay ratio. Of course, this has no chance of passing in the House even if the obstructionists in the Senate were to let it get through. According to the AFL-CIO's executive pay tracker, more than 40 U.S. companies have CEO worker pay ratios over 1,000 to 1, including Apple, which is 1,177 to 1, McDonald's, 1,224 to 1, I've always said that CEOs should not be paid more than 20 times their lowest wage worker. I thought this through quite a bit because doing that, or this proposed law, would raise revenue and create jobs. And you're saying, how would this create jobs, you say? Executive, executives don't like losing pay. Instead of losing their pay, They would spin off their lower-end pay sections of their companies into separate entities, which would then uh, require workers to run them because they would be separate companies. In other words, they would have their secretary division. Right? Those people don't make very much money. Uh, You know what? Uh, Let's spin them off to another company. Then that would raise the average pay of everybody at the company a lot more, and we can keep our executive pay. That's how it would work, uh, and that way executives could keep their pay without paying taxes. The other possibility is that CEOs would have to pay raise the pay of employees. Yeah, I don't think that's going to ha- happen. The problem is that they would uh, uh, the pay raises would likely go to upper management to raise all the average pay. (laughs) I mean, it's still not fair. Anyway, uh, Sanders' uh, uh, office estimated that a typical McDonald's worker would have to work for more than 1,200 years to make nearly $17.8 million, which is what CEO Chris Kemp... Kempzinski was paid in total compensation in 2022. If the Tax Excessive CEO Pay Act had been in place last uh, that year, McDonald's would have paid up to $92 million more in taxes. Sanders of Vermont, of course, feel the burn. Uh, he said in a statement, The American people understand that today we are moving toward an oligarchic form of society where they're very rich, are doing phenomenally well, while working families continue to struggle to put a roof over their heads, feed their families, and pay for the basic necessities of life. The American people are sick and tired of CEOs making nearly 350 times more than their average employees, while over 60% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. At a time of massive income and wealth inequality, the American people are demanding that large profitable corporations pay their fair share of taxes and treat their employees with the dignity and respect they deserve. That is what the legislation will begin to do. That's what he said. I, I will say also that... See a lot of these corporations, they have uh, employees that make minimum wage, which is not enough for them to survive in wherever they live. so they have to go on state uh, uh, state programs, uh, you know, food stamps, whatever, what have you? I think if if you if a corporation is paying someone that don't that doesn't make enough to live where they're living so they can work there, then they should pay. Uh, the tax difference of, of the amount of money that the employee has to take from uh, government assistance. Make sense? That's what I think. Oscar nominations are out, and I don't care. Any award ceremony that would have Barbie as a Best Picture nomination cannot be considered a serious institute. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. Tuesday, January 3rd, 2024. I truly appreciate you. I'll bring someone with you if you can uh, today or tomorrow. PVTV, Political Views TV podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Tweet to me or X to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at CyberClub, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly Twitter. And remember, Always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.